everyone and welcome to the ESICM Next Educational Program. My name is Laura Borgstedt. I'm a Next Committee member and anesthesiologist from Munich, Germany. Today, it is my pleasure to talk with Dr. Stefan Hagel about his recent paper published in ICM. It is called Effect of Therapeutic Drug Monitoring Based Dose Optimization of Piperacillin Tazobactam on Sepsis-Related Organ Dysfunction in Patients with Sepsis, a randomized controlled trial. Dr. Hagel is Assistant Medical Director at the Institute for Infectious Diseases and Infection Control and Center for Sepsis Control and Care at Jena University Hospital, Germany. He completed his training in internal medicine at Jena University with multiple stays abroad in different European and African countries. He holds a PhD as well as a master's degree in clinical research in translational medicine. This research focuses on sepsis, including antibiotic therapy, multidrug resistant organisms, and infection control. Dr. Hagel has performed several investigator-initiated trials as principal investigator. Welcome, Dr. Hagel. Yes, uh, welcome and thanks a lot for kind introduction and especially the invitation to present our study. Thank you very much. We're happy to have you. So, um, would you like to tell us about the idea and the aim of your study? Yes, uh, sure. So, um, the aim of our study, or better, the background uh, of our study, we all know that um, sepsis is a life-threatening organ dysfunction caused by a, a regulated host response to infection, mainly bacteria. And to kill the pathogens, the bacteria, it is important to have an adequate um, PKPD um, exposure. So no underdosing uh, of the antibiotics. If you have underdosing, this is associated with a worse clinical outcome. And from previous studies, um, we know that approximately 50% of critical ill patients receiving a better lactam antibiotic with a regimen based on the manufacturer's recommendations. So uh, mainly um, the bolus infusion uh, in 30 minutes, they do not reach the target. So in 50% of the patients, critical ill patients with a very high mortality, we do not reach our target or adequate target to kill the pathogens. So, and I think this is very um, uh, important to know. And one idea is, to optimize the exposure, we can give our beta-lactam antibiotics uh, prolonged, prolonged infusion, either continuous infusion, um, continuously 24 hours, or extended infusion with a duration of three to four hours. And the idea is to optimize the PKPD target, so you have more time above the MIC, the minimal inhibitory concentration, to kill the bacteria um, perfectly. But even if you give uh, the antibiotics as a continuous infusion, you still have some patients who do not reach the optimal target. So you have still patients with the risk for underdosing. So for example, patients with an infection with, an, uh, with, uh, with a high MIC or patients who have an extremely good uh, renal function, patients with uh, augmented renal clearance. And to optimize um, also uh, the therapy in addition to, to prolonging uh, of the infusion, we choose to test um, whether therapeutic drug monitoring 
in these patients can have a further um, uh, beneficial effect uh, on outcome. So, I, uh, so our aim of the uh, study was to test the hypothesis whether a TDM-based optimization of antibiotic uh, therapy would improve the clinical outcome in patients with sepsis treated with uh, piperacillin tazobactam continuous infusion. Okay, thank you very much for this for outlining this. So, uh, what were your primary and secondary endpoints? Um, our primary endpoint was sepsis-related organ dysfunction, and therefore we measured the mean daily total SOFA score over ten days, or till discharge or, or death of the patient. So you measure every day the SOFA score, and then the mean of the 10 day uh, of each day during 10 days, uh, this was our primary endpoint. So it was organ dysfunction. And this um, endpoint is recommended by the EMA, by the European Medical uh, Association or agency for uh, exploratory studies uh, in sepsis. And then we had uh, many secondary outcomes, uh, 28 day all cause mortality, uh, the mean SOFA subscores, uh, duration of ICU hospital stay, and also very important uh, clinical and microbiological uh, treatment response. Thanks. And would you like to describe the study population? Yes, uh, sure. So overall, we randomized 254 patients. Um, and we could include 249 patients uh, into the study. And uh, the mean age of the patients was uh, 66 years old, uh, mainly uh, male patients, uh, 65%. And we had, if we go for the sepsis uh, three definition, we had 52% of patients uh, had an septic shock and 47 or 48% of the patients had um, sepsis. The most common uh, source of infection, this was pneumonia. 60% uh, roughly, and the second most uh, source of infection was intra-abdominal infection uh, with 20%. Uh, and 50% um, were uh, healthcare-associated and 50% were uh, community-associated infections. So, Aunt, uh, thank you very much. You, um, in your introduction, you on in your answer to the first question, you talked about continuous and extended infusion, etc. And um, in the control group, you administered um, peptazo continuously over 24 hours in a dose of 13.5 grams. And in the intervention group, you are also administered peptazo continuously um, guided by therapeutic drug monitoring. So uh, why did you choose to use um, continuous infusion in both study groups? This is a very interesting question. And um, when we started to plan the study, we had a big discussion uh, with the colleagues uh, and also experts in the field of uh, PKPD and uh, this uh, whole uh, stuff. And we were um, looking whether we like, um, like for uh, the, the primary idea was, or the, the first idea was, uh, okay, uh, let's do in the control group, the infusion as recommended by the manufacturer's licensing. So three times, four times daily uh, bolus infusion uh, for uh, 30 minutes. Uh, 
and in the intervention group, um, continuous infusion uh, with uh, TDM. But then we were thinking of, okay, we want to show um, what is the additional benefit of TDM. And if we would have um, tested against uh, intermittent infusions as a bolus, where we already know that 50% uh, of the patients are uh, underdosed and not um, uh, uh, do not have appropriate target attainment. So uh, we would, we, we wouldn't have been sure whether we uh, whether the benefits we would see uh, with our intervention would be the benefit of continuous infusion or the benefit of continuous uh, continuous infusion uh, plus uh, TDM, and therefore, as we really wanted to test TDM, we decided to compare against also continuous infusion in the control group, so that we have in both group continuous infusion. And in the intervention, the additional um, uh, impact of daily TDM of uh, piperacillin. So, and therefore, like just to explain the whole setting, um, when a patient was randomized, um, uh, randomized uh, for continuous infusion, we started with a bolus of 4.5 grams uh, piptazo, and then started immediately after the bolus with a continuous infusion of 13.5 grams uh, piptazo um, during, um, uh, during the following days. If the patient had uh, deteriorating renal function with an uh, estimated uh, EGFR of below 20, we, uh, we reduced the dose to uh, nine grams per day. So this was the control arm. And in the intervention group, uh, it was the same setting bolus uh, starting with 13 point uh, starting with 13.5 grams of piptazo and then we did daily um, TDM measuring uh, piperacillin concentration in the morning and then on-site in the um, study sites uh, own um, clinical chemistry or pharmacy um, they uh, measured the piperacillin concentration and the result came back in the afternoon and then um, the study physician and the physician at the bedside, they adjusted the dosing. So if the concentration was too high uh, for piperacillin, they reduced um, the uh, dose for the next 24 hours. If the concentration of the piperacillin was too low, they increased um, the dose uh, for the uh, coming 24 hours. Thanks. This is a very this is a very important point, I think, uh, in your studies, and this is very interesting for our listeners as well. So, um, what uh, are the main findings of your study? Um, the main findings from the first um, clients of the study. So, when we finished uh, the statistics, we were first we were a little bit disappointed because if we go for the primary endpoint, the mean total SOFA score we couldn't find uh, a benefit um, for TDM. So we had a SOFA score mean in the TDM group, uh, it was 7.9 points and in the control group, it was 8.2. So there was no difference uh, or statistical uh, significant difference. But then um, <clears throat> if we looked at the other points, um, we looked at the 28 day mortality and this was, uh, more than uh, four absolute uh, percentage uh, lower in the TDM group. So we had 
28-day mortality in the TTM group of 21.6% and in the control group of 25.8%. It was not um, statistically, statistically um, different uh, or significantly uh, different, but you can see a difference. And um, you can also see a difference in the clinical cure, the rate of clinical cure, and also um, the microbiological cure. It was better both in patients with uh, therapeutic drug monitoring uh, compared to uh, patients in the control group. So even if our primary endpoint, the mean total SOFA score, there's no uh, difference. At least we have uh, in the secondary endpoints, uh, even they are not uh, statistically uh, also not uh, significant, but we see signals that um, TDM uh, might be beneficial uh, for patients. And we also, what we saw is uh, that in patients with uh, daily TTM, they had um, a higher rate of target attainment compared to patients in the control group. So for example, if we go for the second day, so day two after randomization, um, we had in the control arm, only 15.7% of the patients had target attainment um, defined as four times uh, the MIC of the pathogen, which was uh, responsible uh, for the um, sepsis episode. And we had 31% of the patients who did not reach this target. So uh, they had a kind of underdosing. So they, uh, the uh, concentration was too low. And compared to the patients with uh, therapeutic drug monitoring, in this group, we had 41% of the patients in target um, and only 13% um, of the patients had an underdosing. So this is good to see that if you do TDM, um, you, uh, you achieve that more patients really achieve the target, uh, PKPD target, and you have a lower fraction of patients with underdosing. But still, you only achieve the target uh, in 50% uh, because uh, in the TDM group, 45% of the patients uh, still had a concentration above our target. The good point is that uh, beta-lactam antibiotics, most of them um, have a big therapeutic window, so that even if you have excessive concentrations, the risk or, of toxicity and, um, for example, nephrotoxicity or neurotoxicity is extremely low. So, um, but still, because of these cross-pharmacokinetic um, changes in these critical patients, it's very difficult to to hit a target 100%. This is really, this was very uh, interesting to see uh, also for us. Yeah, thank you. And I think it's a crucial, it's a crucial point um, which is uh, dealt with in the study. So um, staying with this PK, PK, PD, um, and this uh, PK, PK, PD um, field, so uh, you found overall low MICs in, in the study population, as stated in the paper. So how would you explain this? 
Uh, I think this is one, um, this is also one uh, very critical point uh, to discuss in the study. Um, like um, if we look at uh, uh, in the, um, in the, uh, in the pathogens, uh, in the bacteria responsible uh, for the sepsis episode, if we go for the uh, gram-negative uh, gram uh, pathogens, the piperacillin, tazobactam, MIC of the FOS, of the five most commonly detected gram-negative pathogens, representing 80% uh, of all detected gram-negative bacteria, and nearly half of all detect, uh, detected pathogens was below four milligrams per liter in 80% of the isolates, meaning that um, the majority of bacteria and pathogens uh, we are dealing, at least in Germany, uh, in German uh, intensive care units, they are very susceptible. So um, even if we, in patients where we did not reach our target um, antibiotic concentration, so we would say, oh, these patients, they were underdosed, they had an underdosing, and therefore um, they are at risk uh, for uh, adverse outcome. But the pathogens, they were so susceptible that even with the underdosing, presumably the antibiotic concentration was still enough and uh, for killing the bacteria. And therefore, um, this might be also the reason or one of the reasons uh, we couldn't find a difference. Because even if like with underdosing, if you have enough antibiotic concentration to kill the pathogens, um, uh, you wouldn't uh, see a benefit uh, for the TDM uh, group. So this is important. And therefore, uh, I think for further studies, um, or the result might have been completely different in a different uh, ecological setting. Like if you go to other countries having uh, uh, more uh, uh, or a higher number or higher incidence and prevalence of um, antibiotic resistance and pathogens with a higher MIC, the difference might be complete, uh, or the difference might be more in, uh, uh, or, or there might be more benefit uh, for patients with the TDM. Because if you have like a higher MIC, you need a higher concentration of the antibiotic and to hit a target, TDM uh, might be of benefit. So this is, um, this is one very important point. And the other important point is, and I think this is this is really extremely um, difficult in all antibiotic studies. Um, we allowed uh, de-escalation um, of the antibiotic therapy, and I think this, if we wouldn't have allowed this, this would be would have been very unethical. So, for example, if you have a patient with a septic shock and you start empirically with uh, piptazo. And then you get back the uh, result of your blood cultures, and the blood culture result is showing uh, staph aureus, uh, oxacillin, metacillin susceptible. And then every infectious diseases uh, colleague uh, recommends switching de-escalation to oxacillin or cefazolin, because if you would continue uh, piptazo, even if it's tested susceptible, um, we know that patients would have uh, 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 would have a worse outcome. So therefore, we had a high rate of patients with de-escalating uh, the antibiotic therapy on, for example, day three or day four. 
So this is very uh, important to know. And uh, the same with combination therapy. If we go for the German guidelines uh, for healthcare associated pneumonia or even uh, community acquired pneumonia and patients with a septic shock, um, it is a combination therapy is recommended. For example, Piptaso and uh, Aflucinolone. Um, and therefore we had uh, at the beginning on day one, 30% uh, of the patients um, or even 40% of the patients uh, had a combination therapy. And this too, it was the same in both groups. So if there would have been, uh, so there is not much difference between the control group and the DTM group, but still you have 40% of the patients having a combination therapy. So, and then afterwards to really um, find or the, the additional benefit of TDM, this is, this is, this is a challenge and we are doing uh, further studies uh, together with uh, colleagues uh, from the Uppsala University to show whether we can um, look more in depth of the data to find more uh, signals that uh, TDM is beneficial and uh, especially to identify the patients who benefit most uh, from the TDM. I think it's all the, it's always the same um, in medicine and maybe especially uh, intensive care medicine, also in sepsis. We, if we look at all the recent or older sepsis trials, um, there are always patients who have a benefit from an intervention, but at the same time, there's a group or maybe an even bigger group of patients uh, having no benefit. So now I think the next important steps are really to identify patients who benefit most from TDM. Like I, I can imagine patients having um, uh, extremely good renal function, augmented renal clearance, patients with an uh, EGFR of above 120, 130 milliliters per minute. This might be one group um, where TDM uh, has a big um, benefit. Then another group might be patients, as I mentioned earlier, having an infection with a pathogen uh, with an elevated MIC. So where you can, where you have to give more antibiotic substance to kill the pathogen. I think this might be a group um, worth uh, looking at. Um, and the last group might be patients um, having an infection in a deep uh, compartment or in a difficult to reach compartment. For example, patients with um, an infection um, in the central nervous system, um, if, uh, external ventricular device infection, ventricular peritoneal shunt, also patients with like bone infection. Or So I think this, this group or these three uh, patient groups, uh, I think, in these groups, we should uh, definitely look more. And I'm sure that uh, in these groups of patients, we definitely find a benefit. Thank you. So this study addresses multiple important um, points in sepsis and antibiotic uh, therapy. And you already talked about um, lessons learned for future trials. And is there anything as a last question that um, you can uh, tell our listeners um, for anything you are uh, deducted from, from the study that you would 
recommend recommend our listeners uh, for their daily care of patients or their daily practice? Um, yes, uh, this is a very good point. Uh, I think for the uh, listeners for daily care, it's um, extremely important to acknowledge that with the standard dosing recommended by the manufacturers, uh, I just said that like half of the patients do not reach the PKPT target. And therefore, in critical patients on the intensive care unit and also patients on intermediate care units, um, uh, I think, and a lot of colleagues uh, also recommend to do prolonged infusion. Um, and you have two choices for the better lactam antibiotic. So mainly piptase or meropinine, um, or ceftacidim, uh, it's another example. And um, you have two options, either prolonged infusion with three to four hours uh, infusion time, or you have the continuous infusion. And um, I think you have to be careful if you do continuous infusion without having the possibility of uh, daily uh, therapeutic drug monitoring. Because in our study, uh, we saw uh, the patients um, having a high GFR, or as I said, uh, infection uh, with a high uh, MIC uh, of the pathogen. And here you have the risk that the concentration of your antibiotic is continuously too low. So it's a continuous underdosing of the patient. If you do continuous infusion uh, without TDM, and uh, the concentration is too low. So, um, and if you have the possibility of TDM, um, you should uh, look when you get your results back. So if you do piperazzeline concentration measurement on Monday and you will get the result on Thursday or Friday, um, then it's too late. Because what we saw, it's really changing extremely fast. So you have a patient on Monday, with acute kidney injury and on the next day uh, after volume uh, infusion and uh, uh, the patient is stabilizing, the renal function is coming back and then um, uh, the renal function is coming back. And if you look at your concentration on Monday, which would be extremely high, but on Tuesday, the situation has completely changed. So it's a highly dynamic situation. So if you do TDM and better lactam antibiotics, you have to get your result on the same day. Um, if you get it on the second, on the third day, or two days, or three days later, this is definitely too late. Um, and then you just can say, oh, on Monday, the concentration was too high. But you cannot tell what is today uh, if this uh, situation has uh, changed. So therefore, uh, for daily practice, if you do not have the possibility to do TDM on the same day, um, if you do a continuous infusion, I would recommend to do prolonged infusion. So three to four hours, uh, Piptaso, um, uh, prolonged infusion. And because in this setting, you always have, uh, or the chance of underdosing is uh, definitely lower because if you give 4.5 grams within three or four hours, you still have a sufficient high uh, concentration if you have um, even if you have a high GFR or a pathogen with a high MIC, uh, the risk of underdosing is uh, definitely lower. So for the take home message, um, 
continuous infusion is fine if you have TDM on the same day. If you do not have this possibility, um, prolonged infusion, uh, three to four hours is definitely better. All data showing this um, than uh, the bolus infusion. And I'm really waiting for the results of our Australian colleagues. Uh, it's the Bling 3 trial, multi-multi-center, many thousand patients where the colleagues um, test prolonged infusion compared to the bolus infusion. And I'm quite sure that the results will show that uh, prolonging the infusion time will have a benefit uh, for the patients. Thank you very much. We're anxiously waiting too. Um, I think, uh, yeah, thank you very much for this uh, insightful talk on this important topic in intensive care medicine and all the best to you. Thank you very much um, and have a nice day. Thanks. Thanks.